Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Zion Williamson, he bounced back in a big way after his lackluster effort last week. Hear what he had to say about blocking out the outside noise. And another day, another Bucks clutch time win. But how long can Giannis and Dame sustain these types of games? Our panel, they weigh in. Plus, Bradley Beal is in. Kevin Durant, though, is out. So when exactly are we going to see the Suns' big three as a whole? We have the latest coming out of Phoenix. All that and more. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome into NBA Today alongside our senior writer, Zach Lowe, the one and only Chinea Gumake. Do we still call you the director of ambiance now that the in-season tournament's over, Rich? Uh, how'd the in-season tournament go? A- outstanding. And it's a permanent title. Oh, oh dear. Okay. Well, it was always for ESPN NBA, not yep. just the in-season tournament. Then the director of ambiance still here with us. Do with that what Not as good will. as a suit, though. No, like but I'm the still suit. the best, lo- um, best looking and best I, I would not ESPN. be doing my job if I wouldn't ask for one more button, even though I know you will ignore me. Let's get to Zion Williamson because there were plenty of takes that were flying around following the Pelicans getting embarrassed by the Lakers in Las Vegas. So all eyes were on how Zion would respond, how he would bounce back against the league's best defense. Remember, no Anthony Edwards in this one. Trey Murphy with the miss. Zion Williamson cleaning up down low, Zach. Yeah, offensive rebounding is very good at that. (laughs) Zion again, pretty good on defense. Gets the block. Jose Alvarado then gets out in transition. Let's take another look at that one. Nice, Janae. Yeah, absolutely, but I love this move right here. He uses his momentum to his advantage against taller defenders, and I think we heard LeBron James sort of talk about AD, how he could do that too in the in-season tournament. Speaking of taller defenders, that's Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns that he's maneuvering around right there. Zion, spin cycle, elevates, little up and under, gets that one to go. So the Pelicans starting to create some separation here in the third quarter. Zion, though, didn't slow down, attacking Rudy Gobert once again, high off the glass, gets that one to go as well. One more time, watch Zion. You might be sensing a little bit of a here. Uh, it was impressive. And make no mistake, this is against one of the best defensive teams with a ton of bigs. Not one of the best defensive teams. One of the best defensive teams. <laughs> wow. Nas Reed, Rudy Zion. Gobert. It's impressive. 14 points in the third quarter. He had a season-high 36, <laughs> 13 of 17 shooting. Here he was after the game on responding and tuning out the outside noise. Uh, if it comes from a great place and a place where they just want to see me do better, Thank you. But if it comes from anywhere else, everybody entitled to their own opinion. Can't control that. At the end of the day, I can't control what no grown man do. Can't control what no grown adult does. All I can do is uh, control the things I can't control. Lock in on myself, lock in on my teammates, coaches, and everybody with the Pelicans, the city, and and try to win. So Zion bounced back from a pair of rough performances in the in-season tournament knockout rounds, season-high 36 points, also made 10 of 12 free throws after making just one the previous two games. So Rich, Zion said he's more than willing to take that criticism as long as it feels like it's coming from a good place. What did you make about his ability to bounce back? 
Uh, first of all, I loved his ability to bounce back because if we're talking about high-intensity moments, we're talking about playoff-type situations. That was a playoff-type situation in the knockout rounds. Then you follow that up with the best team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, yep. one of the best defensive teams. Even without Ant. So it's like, no, but still, the, those bad boys are defensively, they're very, very solid, and they have a ton of bigs. And what did he did? He bounced back. He bounced back in, in an extreme fashion. Look at 13 for 17, 10 for 12 from the free throw line. And so from that standpoint, yes. The one thing that I will say, the outside noise, yes, there are some people that were probably a little bit more aggressive with him, and there were some people that were just critical. But the one thing I will say about the outside noise is those noises are coming from inside of your house, Zion. Like, the call is coming from inside of the house. Right. There are people within the organization. There are people within the association. He said that are teammates. Co- your teammates even. So those calls are not outside noise. The outside noise means that it's outside of our group, outside of our organization, outside of our team. Outside noise that does those those boys are in there saying right. these things. It's not just the league, it's not just the pundits, it's not just the, right. the analysts. It's everyone saying what he needs to do. So I want to make sure he's focused on that, right. not just the high level criticism. Because obviously there is an echo chamber. We talked about it Friday on NBA Today, where it's like, okay, well this isn't what we expect from Zion Williamson, but this comes from a place of wanting to see this level that we know we can see, and he shows flashes of it in that game against the Pelicans. But it's his teammates that he said were saying that he maybe wasn't putting in the effort that he they expect. Him too. Well, in other words, we know this uh, as basketball players. Some people can wake up and just hoop, and some people can't. Mm. You have to figure out where you fall on that <laughs> spectrum. And I was someone who the first few years of my career, I could wake up and hoop, but then I got injured, and then I had to realize I had to do so much Great more. Point. Richard, you talk about yoga. We both are yoga fans. Yeah. You adopted that in your career. Zion, he has so many gifts, and mm. I think that now he's realizing that, hey, even though I'm young, I have to approach the game not yep. the same way that other young guys in the league do. I have to work differently. I have to work twice as hard to bring this out. But what I will also say is, man, I love the response. response, Because a year ago, Mm -hmm. a year ago, Zion would have stayed in his bubble. He would have just probably, you know, coasted through a game and and sort of tried to stay comfortable. It takes a vulnerability to be uncomfortable to produce a performance like this. Season high 36 after the world is criticizing you. This is the best way to make a statement, Mm -hmm. to clap back through your performance. And it seems like the best thing about Zion right now is he's taking a mature step to acknowledging the reality of, like, look, if I'm not going to be where I'm at, I need to at least perform at a high level to show that I'm willing to at least take a step towards that direction. Yeah, there might be a tendency in some places to say, you know, whoop-de-doo, nobody's watching this game. Mm, Everybody was watching the other games. Congrats for showing up. But like you guys said, this is a number one defensive team in the league with a bunch of giant guys tailor-made to at least have a chance to guard Zion, and he rolled right through them. To me, this response does mean something, and it's it's a good sign. But here's the thing. This has got not 36 points, but this has got to be every night, the level of intensity and aggression. That's what being a franchise player means. That's what being the franchise player for a team that needs all these wins to get into the playoffs, if not the play-in, that's what it means. And look, the games in Vegas were a disaster. There's no sugarcoating it. He looked completely overwhelmed by the moment. He didn't bring it at all. We know the dude is going to score. When, like, over the course of a season, he's just he's going to score. He's not quite – doesn't look quite the same athletically to me as he did two years ago. Yep. Maybe he'll get back there after all the injuries. The scoring is fine. I want to see the other stuff. Like, can we get a defensive rebound every once in a while? You're the starting power forward on the team, and you have the defensive rebounding rate of a guard, as demonstrated right there. These are dudes who have the same defensive rebounding rate as Zion Williamson, who is a tank. And then, you know, that's linked to, like, if you watch him on defense, 
he can make the first effort, the first rotation, the first hedge out, whatever. The second and third effort just isn't there. He's just out of the play. And that's the kind of stuff like when you want to win serious basketball games against serious teams and you want your teammates to do the things that win serious basketball games against serious teams, you need to do that stuff. So the scoring is great. I want to see the other stuff. And you know stuff. who has started to do that and it's worked for his team? He didn't play yesterday, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's oh, been yeah. committed to those second, third possessions, and that's why his team is doing better. Well, and look, we're going to take it away from basketball for a second. Tiger Woods, when Tiger Woods showed up and he was so physically dominant over the entire field, what happened? The next generation of golfers all came in and they started taking care of their body. They were phys- they became much more physically, they had a much more physical presence, right? That's what Tiger Woods did to the game. He changed it. LeBron James has showed us if you are physically mm-hmm. elite, you can play for a very, very long time at a high level. If you are not, you will not. And my biggest thing about Zion here is everything that you're talking about, defensive rebounding, some of those things, that's conditioning. Yeah. We're not talking no about question. the first step and second step. That's conditioning. And look, the old NBA, you could play 36 minutes a yep. night, and there was four games, and then we were also practicing. So you could get that. You could get your conditioning. You can get your weight, whatever it is. But when you're in a space where you're not practicing as much, your games are, not, are spread out a little bit more, and you're playing these amount of minutes, it's not going to happen. So if he doesn't improve his conditioning, yeah. and we know what that means, then we know what we're going to get from Zion. This is who he is. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. He's going to have games where he's good. He's going to have games where he's bad because you don't have the conditioning to be sustained and to have a sustained level of greatness. Well, it seems like the conversation around Zion, at least for now, has shifted, though, from availability to consistency, and that's one step in the right direction. Now we need to see that next step, just how is he going to show up night in and night out. But let's shift from one interior force to another. Check in on Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was in action against the Chicago Bulls. Remember, the Bucks they're looking to avenge that overtime loss. Remember from their last matchup, we're going to pick this one up when things got good here in the fourth quarter. I love when Giannis is a little stared out at the end of something nasty like that. Oh, 100%. He is a dominant guy. We want to talk about physicality and how he's changed his body to become dominant. See the big shot there by White. Kobe White lets a triple fly. He had 33 points, 6 of 10 from 3 in this one. But then Giannis, I mean, slams it down. Bucks take a four-point lead. And then DeRozan spins up. Get. That's a hey, just, just getting that attention on the defensive end, and that opens up offensive rebounding opportunities. Yeah, Patrick Williams able to get it done there. DeMar DeRozan, that little floater is good. DeRozan had 41 points, 11 assists, and had the game-tying bucket. I this thought one that was going Dave. in, by the way. I <laughs> so did the was broadcast team in Milwaukee. They thought that that was good. practicing him in All-Star game last year, so you know you got reps. Well, to overtime we go. The Bucks they took over in overtime. Giannis Attentacumbo, I mean, there's just nothing you can do for that, Rich. No, no, look, in December, you take what you can get. You get the wins where you can, and then Dane with a little bounce. Okay. Giannis had 32 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. The Bucks they get the win in this one. Giannis, though, he turned it on in the fourth quarter in overtime, going from taking only five shots through the first three quarters to scoring 20 points over the final 17 minutes. And Giannis, he spoke about his mindset after the game. Throughout the whole game, we're leading um, we're up 10, up 15, up 14 at uh, one point. You know, so the way I was approaching the game and me moving the ball and uh, just making the right play was, was working. So guys, it's not about you, it's about the team getting a, a good shot, you know, and I'm okay with that. 
So it looks like Giannis is making a conscious effort to get Dame going, right? Dame's struggling to shoot a little bit, at least by his standards. He's shooting 42% from the floor, 35% on threes. That would be among the worst shooting percentages for a season in his career if these numbers were to continue. But, Zach, I think when we talk about the Bucks, we talk about them going all in on Dame, and we had this, these visions of them having sort of the best two-man game in the NBA. Nearly two months into the season now, that hasn't exactly come to fruition yet. Why is that? I don't know why. you got to ask Adrian Griffin and Damian Lillard and Giannis about that. But I will say, though, look, the Bucks are third in offense and 23rd in defense. Offense is not the big-picture zoom-out problem. But, look, they ran in an overtime game five Dame Giannis pick-and-rolls last night. That's just not enough. They're regularly around 8, 9, 10, 11 a game. And at some point, even if they're third in offense, they are going to have to lean a little bit more into that against the best teams. But for now, I want to give a little love to Giannis, not as the screener, but as the pick-and-roll ball handler, because the Dame Giannis thing may not have a rhythm, but this might be the best pick-and-roll season of Giannis's career. And the Giannis-Brook Lopez two-man game has become unstoppable. If you switch, there's just no center in the league who can stick with them anymore. Now, this one stuck with me. Here's a Giannis Dame pick-and-roll. That's good. You got Kobe White over there on Giannis, and he just jogs over there like an afterthought. Post him. Give him the ball. Now, they end up getting a good shot on a Dame Brook Lopez thing, so I can't argue with it. That's not a good shot. That's not a good shot. That's Damian Lillard. And not with with Giannis and Kobe White, Zach. Still, it can be both RJ shots. yelling. It was a fine shot, but that's just an example of like, you did run the pick and roll that everyone wants to see. And by the way, the five that I mentioned, it doesn't count when Dame comes around that pin down and gets a dunk. That's kind of a variation of the same thing. It's still not enough, but you did run it, and you get a good matchup, and Giannis said, yeah, I'm cool. Like, maybe he's trying to get Dame a rhythm, but you're Giannis, and you got a guard on you. I don't think he's cool. You know, no, no, well, no, you're, no. A, you're a post player. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's, no, cool. he's, he's not cool for the la- la- last thing I'll say. He's not cool from the standpoint he's trying to help Dame. But that doesn't mean that when you're playing against the Phillies, the Bostons, that possession right there, when you got Giannis, you got to maximize every matchup. Well, the Bucks were able to squeak out yet another clutch time win in this one. But you know what I'm excited for today? That rematch between the Bucks and the Pacers that's coming up tomorrow. Still to come on NBA Today, Ooh. Steph Curry and the Warriors, they look to right the ship tonight in Phoenix. So which big three do we have more questions about, though? The Suns or the Warriors? We're going to answer that coming up here. And Luka and LeBron, they score off tonight. And Chanae Gumake, she tells you the key for both the Lakers and the Mavs get it. to get the win tonight. Lakers! Plus, do you believe this? We're officially a quarter of the way through the NBA season. So who's been the best player? Who's been the best team? Who's been the most surprising? We're going to give out some awards that's next. You're watching NBA Today. You dancing to the elevator music? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I look at yesterday and today I'm coming down and I'm running and see, like, playing pick and roll with Deep Blue. But out of court and I got KD and then Brendan Bill, I'm saying, God damn, <laughs> So that was back in the preseason when Yusuf Nurkic was imagining what playing with the Phoenix Big Three would be like. But we're 22 games into the season, and here's the thing we're still imagining. Because Bradley Beal, he's back tonight, but Kevin Durant, he's been officially ruled out with a sprained ankle against the Golden State Warriors. So with that, we say hello to our senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, the Suns, they face the Warriors today. Then they face the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow. So how are the Suns approaching this back-to-back for Bradley Beal and his return? Malika, the, the the idea of playing a back to back, you know, after having been out three plus weeks and having been in the lineup, in and out of lineup prior to that, you know, is something of a risky proposition. Uh, the Suns not only do they want Bradley Beal back in the lineup, but they want him to stay in the lineup. So they'll evaluate him after tonight's game with Golden State and, and see what it might look like tomorrow against the Nets. But they're going to be cautious. And so there's uncertainty about whether uh, he makes his debut and plays back-to-back nights. But he is back tonight. And certainly the, the organization, Bradley Beal, you know, they've been anxious for that. They believe they've got him past these back issues. And now he can be a regular part of this lineup. So Bradley Beal back tonight, but no KD. With all of that as the backdrop, when might we see the big three in Phoenix make their debut? We're close. They're close, Malika, as close as really they've been all season. Uh, you know, Durant, I'm told, is still day-to-day with that ankle, but that he's not far off. And so that could mean uh, the uh, Nets on Wednesday night or possibly even the Knicks on Friday night on ESPN. And perhaps uh, certainly one of those two games, assuming Durant is back and Beal's back in the lineup, you know, perhaps that's not till Friday uh, but this is an organization anxious to see yeah. these three players, Devin Booker, Beal, Kevin Durant, playing together. They are close. Uh, and I'm told Kevin Durant is close to a return from that sprained ankle he suffered uh, against the Lakers last week in L.A. Close. That is music to Phoenix Suns fans' ears. Adrian Wojnarowski, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA Today. Okay. So Bradley Beal, he's not the only one, right, making his return to Phoenix tonight. Warriors coach Steve Kerr. Remember all this? He's back in Footprint Center for the first time since having some rather pointed comments about the Suns crowd and the noise in the arena. Take a listen. In this building, you can't hear anything because it's like a club. It's like a South Beach club out there. What are we doing? The whole game, it's just this thumping techno club music. Can we just have a basketball game anymore? What the hell? It's just this thumping techno club music. Thumping techno club music oh, i had about a hundred people send me uh, the tw- the tweet i think it's hilarious i love it i may have to respond with something of my own we'll, we'll see what that is what do they stay richard you gotta stay petty so you don't gotta get petty a hundred percent i look i am a petty king call me call me richard petty if What's- you like and i love it <laughs> i love some pettiness let's go here we are. Oh, we got our own we DJ got in the DJ building. Zach on the beat. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. What Steve You wanted a basketball yeah, game? You want to take basketball seriously? Come on. It's a this party. This is the NBA. This is the show. Pipe it up. <laughs> 
There we go. I can't hear you, Steve Kerr. What? You want to run a pick and roll? Sorry, we can't hear you in the timeout. Welcome to Phoenix. Yeah. DJ Zach attacking the building. Oh, my goodness. What, kind, oh, what type of reception? That's what I'm, Zach, no. where was this in Miami, we bro? We could get the chest this. out. What type of reception are you expecting tonight? I'm expecting that type of reception. I want whatever reception Zach just got. I know we had dancing ladies. I would have had that as the director of ambiance. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. All right. Nope. So one big three has played 685 games and won four NBA titles together. The other is yet to share the floor beyond a couple of stints in the preseason, right? But somehow, Chanae, today... I'm not exactly sure which big three I have more questions about. The Golden State Warriors or the Suns? Well, the big three I have questions about after realizing what the Zach attack is today is this one right here. Um, (laughs) But seriously, I do have more questions about the Golden State Warriors because the Suns, we haven't seen them yet. But when we did see them in the preseason, their offense was spectacular. Did you say preseason? But Zach's here, and he always talks about the greatest theoretical team's potential. And that is not just the Brooklyn Nets of years ago, but it's also now the Phoenix Suns, including KD, who had experience with both. I'm saying the Warriors because, unfortunately, they're 27th in turnovers, and a lot of the issues that they thought they would reconcile and resolve are still here. Steph Curry, people need to just build a statue of him right now because he is averaging 30, and he's holding them together by a thread. He is Mr. Consistency. The others, and I hate to say the others because they're still a big three. Clay is giving you 16 points per game. I think Wiggins just about 12. It has not materialized in the way that it typically has for the Golden State Warriors. I think they're moving away from a big three, and they have to move towards a squad and stuff. Just because you have to strength in numbers. Back to the good old days. Just because you have to really get those guys like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody involved to really be the best version of themselves, the Golden State Warriors. So here's where we are. 20 games in, whatever. I'm sorry. I, where it's are It's like we? giving Keanu Reeves. <laughs> no, no. There we go. <laughs> Please tell us. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Here's uh, where we are. No, no. Here's where we are. The Phoenix Suns big three has not played one second together yep. in the regular season. And I still have more questions about the Warriors big three. Namely, who's in the big three? If we don't know yep. who's in your big three, by exactly. default, you lose this argument. One member has been ejected and suspended from like half the season. Yep. Clay has been eh. And Andrew, was Andrew Wiggins going to be in the – I don't know who's in the big three. So the answer is – Oh, you broke it. You can't the break the hype button, out bro. of the hype button. You That's can't. how much hype Zach Lowe has. Finish us off on this one, Rich. Look, at the end of the day, I get a little nervous when I when I see somebody in those glasses. I I, I don't know what it is. Why? But I, it's just giving something. I can't quite figure it out. But I will say this. I'm right repairing now, the button. But oh, you fixed the you. button. Look, the Warriors, in my opinion, there are more issues with the Warriors. I'd rather go with the known – I don't know, right? I, I know who they are, but right. I don't see it versus the yep. unknown potential. The unknown, thank you for that. The unknown potential of the Phoenix Suns. So I'm a little bit more worried about the Warriors than I am the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Because even their three best players, in my opinion, are still in the primes of their career. Yeah, and at this point, we just need to see all three of them on the floor before we can even assess versus yes. Golden State. It feels like the same issues continue, as Janae said, to rear their ugly heads, and there's been no answer for that. Can I get one more hype for the road, sir? Thank you. Coming up on NBA Today. I mean, can you believe, guys, that we are already a quarter of the way through the NBA season? So who's been the best player so far? Was it Joel Embiid? Was it Nikola Jokic? Is it somebody else, Rich? 
We're gonna discuss that. <laughs> Please, I don't know. Who what won that the in season is. tournament? And Whoa. purple rain, purple rain. Okay. We're gonna tell you the key for the Lakers tonight against the sharpshooting Mavericks. Will they keep it rolling? Janae, are we still calling it a cheat sheet? I Whatever it is. We'll call it the purple rain. We Ooh. might need one of those. Plus, did you no. see this from Shade no. and Sharp? We have a couple of those. A special edition of the best ankle breakers of all time. NBA Today. We'll be right back. Did I make it? Hey, that's my button. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Randall goes inside and throws it down. Oh, Keegan! Put it on his head. Jokic coming in on Capella. Yes, and a foul. A bounce pass from Milton to Embiid. He's on the floor to save So there were 13 games on last night's slate. Let's do a little coast to coast on the action. We're going to start with the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, who had a 34 and 10 stat line and a blowout win over the Wizards. We're not going to talk about that part. Embiid has posted 30 and 10 in seven straight games. It's the longest streak in the NBA since Shaq had 11. That was back in 2001. So, Janae, is he possibly having a better start this year than he did last year when he won MVP? Absolutely, because narrative is now on his Ooh. side. When you lose James Harden and then you better the play of everyone around you, including Ooh. Tyrese Maxey, who's a candidate for most improved. And we're yep. going to talk about the Wizards. He's averaging 44 against them. <laughs> Wizards, what is you doing, baby? Uh, He's just been sensational, and I can't say too many, I mean, enough good things about him. It's not Harden. just That's an Embiid problem that the That's Wizards true. have, though. All right, from the reigning MVP to the reigning champs, Nikola Jokic flirted with yet another triple-double. Jamal Murray dropped a season-high 29. The Nuggets beat the Hawks to end the three-game skid. Zach Lowe, you think Denver's about to go on a little run here? Uh, for a little yeah, they, they righted the ship last night. Yep. Jokic made some shots. Julian Strother, best game of the season for him on both ends of the floor. The bench might be might be coming together, maybe. <laughs> might be coming together. That's certainly what Michael Malone is looking to get set at this point in the season. All right, we're going to keep the theme going here. We're going to take it to the Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat. They hung on to beat the Hornets. They moved to 9-1 against sub-500 teams. However, Miami is 4-9 in all other games. So, Janae, is that a bad sign, a good side for the Miami Heat? I think it's an okay sign. Is that okay if yeah, I go not, both It's ways? not an okay. There's no okay <laughs> sign. It's either the Batman symbol or it's not there. Okay, so I wouldn't put the Batman symbol just yet. 
Okay, so what does that mean? I wasn't sure where, uh, where I was going with that analogy. Put the Hawkeyes symbol, <laughs> the floppy hair symbol. Thank Let's put you. that up That's there. much better. He has been a bright spot for the Miami Heat this season for sure. All right, so let's switch gears then because we're now past the quarter point of the NBA season. Ooh. 27% of the season is now in the books if we want to get official. So since we've passed the quarter mark, it's hard to do this before this time. It is time to hand out some quarter season's awards. Chanae, we sort of put the kibosh right on MVP talk so far this season, but I think we're there. I think it's time. Who has been the best player so far? Don't look so excited to have this conversation, Rich. <laughs> so Zach and I were in the green room and we were discussing this, and this is a very, very difficult choice, but I am saying Nikola Jokic. Okay. Just because he is so close to averaging a triple-double currently. And for a big man to do that in this state and day and age of the NBA, we have to appreciate every time it gets closer. He is third in the league in assists as a center. He's giving you 28 points per game. And the most important part is that when people were trying to knock his case last year, it was like, well, defensively, Joel Embiid is a better player. This man is averaging 13 rebounds a game yep. and turning those rebounds into offense. He is a maestro for the Denver Nuggets. The reason why it was hard for me is Joel Embiid is leading the league in scoring, having a great start, and having a career-high six assists. But right now, what Jokic is doing overall has to be appreciated. So Nikola Jokic, best player, and I'm glad that he won because that helped my case decide a little bit. What was that, Rich? Well, overall? <laughs> agree or overall. disagree? Hit the hype button if you agree. It's Nikola Jokic. So can I get it a little quietly? Like, no. It's gotten closer yeah. in the last 10 days, but I still think it's Jokic. There's only one volume for the hype button. All right, so if that's we're going to go from the good to the bad then. Who do you think, Zach, has been the most disappointing team thus far? I wish this had a wah-wah The Atlanta Hawks. Oh. Oh, you and you had such high hopes for them. Why? Oh, thanks for pointing that out. The Atlanta Hawks are 9-13. and they traded a whole bunch of draft picks for DeJounte Murray. They're minus 26 for the season with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray on the floor. They've won zero playoff series and three playoff games since their run to the conference finals in 2021, which is starting to get a little bit long ago. I have no idea what this team is. Every time I watch them, I'm like, ugh, again, I got to watch the Hawks. They just are kind of there. Kind of unserious. Fifth on offense, 27th on defense. Like, what do we even do? And look, if if they get to the trade deadline, if they get to the trade deadline and they're just, eh, they're under 500, they're like struggling to get in the play in, I think they're going to have some interesting conversations at the trade deadline because this has hit a wall for two and a half years now and it's going nowhere. And it's just, I know Jalen Johnson's hurt. He may have been their second best player this year when he was healthy. You just got to be better than this. Any any other disappointing teams you want to throw out, or are we riding with Zach's Hawks? I'm riding with it just because there are expectations there. I mean, you and there's a gone, void, yeah. right? At you the, at the, at the sort of middle get, of the. Uh, can, can I say a sleeper one? The, the a sleeper Spurs. disappointing yeah, team. Yeah, the Spurs have been a disappointing team. Okay, we're going to get to the We're, yeah, we're, we're going to get to the Spurs that. a little bit later in the show. Let's go from the director of grumpiness today. Actually, you have brought the spirit, so I'm not even going to give you that, that title today. But I, the director well, of I lost ambiance. my title. He can we're, keep his title forever. I just lost mine. The most surprising team, Richard, to you thus far has been home. The most surprising team have been the Orlando Magic. They oh, have been so you. impressive 
all season long. They were they were this far away from getting into the in-season tournament final for Elite Eight. Excuse me. They were so close. They've been playing outstanding. They are one of the, they are one of the five youngest teams in the in the NBA. You could say the same thing about the Oklahoma City Thunder, but they don't have a first-team All-NBA guy yep. closing them out. They don't have the number two pick. Yes, they have the Rookie of the Year, but they don't have they didn't get added a guy like Chet Holmgren. So to me, Orlando is more surprising from the standpoint of they don't have a first-team All-NBA closer. They're still one of the young team so this has been done by a collective effort yep. whenever you have a collective effort like that you have to point to coaching so shout out Jamal Mosley he has done an outstanding job I don't know if he's been extended but you'd extend him again because he's building this group and he has all of these young guys bought in so they have been my most surprising team and look like I said OKC you were very close mm. but there were expectations on Oklahoma City yeah adding Chet having they're the first team Olympic. they're second in, in the East right now. Yeah, yeah they're so, second in the East. Thank you, Richard, All right, for bringing the them on the show. Team, yes. Zach Lowe, the, be, the best team in the NBA is the Orlando Magic. Are they the most surprising team? Is it somebody else? The best team in the I, league. I, well, first of all, you. since Sinead's I'm with Sinead today, I want to shout out the Houston Rockets. Yeah. My other choice. There we go. Number two in defense, Ime Odoka might need an extension in a second. The best team in the NBA is still the Boston Celtics top to bottom, yep. particularly when they have Porzingis healthy. That, that's, they're my choice now. Oh, shout out the Rockets. We know. Yes. First of all, the team that drafted me, the team that drafted me and then made <laughs> an epic mistake 15 minutes later, I still got love for the Houston Rockets. I said no, the I minute they got Ime, oh, that's 100% a mistake. <laughs> the minute I got Ime, the minute they got Dylan Brooks, yeah, the, the minute they got Fred, is No, it, I'm not talking about, we're talking about the Houston Rockets. Who's the best team? Who's the best team? Who's the best team? Oh, it's, it's not the Denver Nuggets. I won't dis disrespect okay. the Denver Nuggets. Like, yes, they had some injuries right now. He's talking about the Boston Celtics. All right. They are healthy. They are great. It's the same with the, it's the, same with the Denver Nuggets. Those are the two best teams. Exactly. I go with the Denver Nuggets as well. Respect to the champion. And the Although, I mean, this. And the Houston Rockets. All right. Well, let's stick in the West because before the Lakers hang any more banners, they have a little Texas road trip here. So find out what they learned from the in-season tournament that they can use against Luka, his magic, and the Mavs tonight. That's Absolutely. coming up. Texas, Absolutely. baby. Nothing. <laughs> oh, I thought so. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The first ever NBA in-season tournament championship. Davis running the floor, throws it down. Lakers not hesitating to push the ball. Anthony Davis is everywhere. The Lakers are trying to kind of play bully ball. Alley up to Davis. James and Davis connection. Right now we got to figure it out. Halliburton drives. Halliburton finishes. Back and forth they go. Pass inside. Davis with the finish. This has been a masterpiece from Anthony Davis. The Los Angeles Lakers win the first NBA Cup. They are champions. That was fun. But the Lakers, they play for the first time since winning the first ever NBA Cup tonight. They have won 11 out of 15. That's not including the championship game. They currently sit at sixth in the West. The Mavericks, they continue their strong start to the season. They currently sit at third. So, Zach Lowe, what's the key for the Lakers sustaining this level of play? 
it all comes down to offense for them. They're 22nd in offense for the season, but it's trending up. This is an elite defensive team. They're going to be an elite defensive team as long as Anthony Davis is healthy. If they can score enough in the half court, and I think they can. I think they can get there once they start playing their best players. They're healthier. This team can make a run again. We should mention no Kyrie Irving in this one, too. For me, it's, it's really like obviously Anthony Davis rose to a level. LeBron is a consistent. If he's on the court, he's consistent. We can't say anything. Anthony Davis, he did an outstanding job in that in-season tournament and really he was the most dominant player in that final game, obviously with the 40 points that he put up. But to me, it's the emergence of Austin Reeves back to what he was last yep. season. Look, he's coming off USA basketball. He's coming off a of West. He had never played that much basketball. He was fatigued. He was tired. I understand it. So to me, not having Vando, having Vincent Hurt, all of these guys banged up, put more attention on him, moving him to that second unit, getting Vandal back. Vandal guarded 12 players in one possession for the Lakers. He also helps on the offensive glass, so now they can get some offensive rebounding. So to me, it's the other guys. It looks more of a 2020 team. It looks more of like if Bron and AD are playing at this level, and then you got a Vandal. Then you got an Austin Reeves. Then you got D'Angelo Russell. Then you got, then you get all of those guys that you're like, oh, this is the Laker team yep. that we're excited about. If there was an all-tournament second team, where there was just the first team, <laughs> Austin Reeves would have been on it. Yeah, but, y'all, let's be real here, though. It really starts with tonight, and I want to break it all down because the Lakers, they won a trophy, and they're going to hang a banner for the in-season tournament, but they really want to do all of that in June. So here are some things that they will have to carry over, first up, going against the Mavericks to make that happen. Now, in the final game, the Lakers, they straight up dominated the paint, scoring 86 okay. paint points against the Pacers. That's more paint points than any team has scored in a game this season and it all really started with AD actually that wasn't me. being double team <laughs> that was not Zach Lowe on the sound okay let's run the tape so I can show you how the paint was just destroyed all right AD he was aggressive so what did they do they sent the double team this is great double team formation buddy healed eyes it and so does AD so what does he do he kicks the ball out to repost repost Ooh. means the defense has to vacate and now the, the paint is open look at that automatic spin move no interruption to beautiful touch. When AD gets doubled now, he can also facilitate. So the double comes. That's way too early of a double. And who are you leaving? You're leaving LeBron James. What is you doing, baby? Because LeBron James now has a mismatch. When he pauses, y'all know he's going to either shoot the step back three or attack the rim. And this is exactly what he did through the double team. So that was offense. But defensively, the Lakers, they had great schemes up their sleeves. I mean, it made me so happy to see this. They double-teamed, who was it, Devin Booker. They double-teamed Tyrese Halliburton, which held the Pacers to just .77 points per play and 31% shooting while double. There's the number right there from memory. All right, defensively, check out this double team. 80s at the top. We've seen this time and time again in the in-season tournament. That's a big double, which allows LeBron James to be free safety. He gets the steal, and this is exactly why he's been able to be, what, around two, number two in the NBA in fast break points per game. But they're going up against the Mavericks and Luka Doncic. He sees, he sees double teams in his sleep, y'all. That's a beautiful pass to a perimeter shooter. Now, without Kyrie Irving, the shooting has to be increased. Everyone has to be on point. But this will still be a challenge for the Lakers because Luka Doncic, this guy right here, is averaging 32-8-8 eight eight for the second straight year. The only other player to have a season like that. Any guesses, y'all? Uh... Jordan? Michael Jordan. Melissa. Hey, thank you so much, Janae. All right, let's get to San Antonio because they oh. are having the worst season in franchise history. There's oh. no way to mince words. Are Pop and the Spurs hurting the growth of Victor Wembanyama? That's coming up next on NBA Today. Well, he knows they're tanking.
All right, Janae, Victor Wembanyama and the Spurs in H-Town. They came yeah. tonight riding a 16-game losing streak. Let's start with a glimpse of the good. The third quarter, Victor Wembanyama, watch him here. Throws it down oh. over Alper and Shangun, who's having an excellent season. Whose baby is that? Somebody get that little Houston baby out the street. <laughs> oh, my Whose goodness. Whose baby is that? Somebody come get that little baby no, out the street. That's, that's why we appreciate him in Houston, because he just goes hard and he's just vulnerable. You know what I'm well, saying? Vulnerable? Yeah. It wasn't yeah. enough, He's not though. afraid to play defense, or at least try. They have to. That's the only chance we have. Tari, Tari Eason. Eason is really good. Get to know Tari Eason, people. Well, the Rockets win yeah. 93-82. Where's the button? Hit the button, Zach. Yeah, the Spurs 17 game losing streak is now the longest in franchise history. And you can see here three of the Spurs four longest losing streaks in team history have come since the start of last season. Yes, Richard. Well, two of those were to get Wimby, so they, they knew what they were Fine. doing. Victor, though, he's been very good. Like he's been very, very good. He leads all rookies in points and rebounds and blocks and steals. But the Spurs have somehow, some way gotten worse at the end of the day, like at some point, do we need to talk about Zach? Is this hurting Victor Wembanyama's development? Nah, let's not go there. They're they're okay, fine. Sure. Just, he's a rookie. He's doing great. The team's young and not very good, and that's all fine. I do wonder though, like, did Trey Jones steal Greg Popovich's lunch out of the fridge one day? Because like, I just don't understand <laughs> what like the, it's like they're going They've through gone every away from Point Sohan, well, they, but every, they're not every, going toward. Oh, they're trying every that's lineup that. combination except that. And, well, okay. <laughs> So it, let's just play a hypothetical. Let's take the Spurs out of it. If a team and a coach were not playing their best five lineup and all of the data, statistics, and every analytics say, hey, these are your best five, and you've lost 18 in a row, but we're going to try these things. How about if we try this? What would that tell you about them? It would tell me that they're lucky the Detroit Pistons have lost 20. In what would that tell you about <laughs> that specific that team? Why don't you answer to continue your own I'm just question. trying to, I'm trying to get you to throw me a law. to accrue players that are good. there's a word for that? There is a word. Okay. What is that? Are we allowed to say it? Rebuilding. Rebuilding? <laughs> we're we're not, okay, base, okay. Yeah. Respectfully, we're not allowed to say tanking because, you know, that's not yeah. what teams do. So there could be creative ways that you could do that. If you wanted to make sure that you had a drive pick, because understand the San Antonio Spurs were built. All of their legacies were built via draft picks. Sean Elliott. Um, you had David Robinson. You had Manu Ginobili. You had Tony Parker. You had Kawhi. All of these guys were built through the draft. And they had so, different rookie so, seasons. So, and so if the seeing. Spurs are trying to do it via the draft, look, Wimby's great, but we need more around them. They're not a free agent so, destination. I say it's a two-way thing, right? It's the thing where it's like, okay, we may not be wi winning. Aw. But then it's also let's evaluate who's going to stay with us along the ride. Yeah, and let me be clear when I say they're not a free agent destination. I mean it in the sense that they have not had their biggest horses come via free agency. Right. They have had them come via the draft and they've built around so them. the Spurs they're they're familiar with number one picks this is how the team has fared after acquiring a number look one look at pick the win the percentage but this that's is not this fair is, is very those, different those Tim Duncan played with David Robinson no I know I know I know but we're comparing the experience you're the one who you mentioned you, we just wanted to show this up because you, you mentioned that they've had top players come in the past and the result has been very different so obviously they're in a very different spot at this point I if, if you were to ask me my professional opinion is that the Spurs want to put themselves in the best position to get another draft pick to pair next to Wimbenyama. I That is what I am seeing, right? If they're not putting out their five best lineup, if we've heard Steve Kerr say, we got to figure out our best starting five. We've got to figure out our best rotation. These are our best statistical like teams when we get this group together. So we have the data. That means the Spurs have the data, but they want to try different things to see right. who can play with Victor. They're less concerned yep. with winning and they're like, if who's we lose, go along this who's going to go along the ride? How about experience? a point guard who can throw him some lobs? He's hey, look, on their team. Hey, look, a 
couple of things. If Trey Jones did steal Pop's lunch out of the fridge, that's grounds for a bench. <laughs> Agreed. Number two, I hope it was a good lunch. Victor though. and LeBron are compared often for you know just generational prospects. And to your point, to the larger point, part of the curse of getting a player as good as LeBron is that you are so good so fast that you'd never pick in the top ten again, and so you're getting trying to get free agents and fill the gaps, yeah. and it, that ran its course in Cleveland. This is not going to be the case. They are going to pick in the top five right. again. Well, what the San Antonio Spurs would say is exactly that. They would say, and we, we talked yes, about this yes. the other week when we saw them in person, is that they are trying to evaluate all of the talent around Victor Wembanyama to see who can be with this team long term. But yep. at some point, you start asking the questions of, like, can't well, you do both if you no, have they this, can't. this data? And that's the thing that I'm saying. They can't do both. They can't evaluate the talent at a high level yeah. and win games. If you're trying to win games, you're putting out Trey Jones. You're putting out Vassell. You're putting out the best lineup, and then you're making them play at the highest and at, level. At the end of the day, Victor Wembanyama is fine. We started this segment yep. talking about leading in points and rebounds and assists. Right. As long as he keeps his numbers up that way, they're going to say, all right, we're okay, he's okay, then we're going to keep pushing. Yeah, eventually direction. you're going to get there. Obviously, the rookie year, those conversations now, no, that, those, that ship has kind of sailed at this point, Shout out my but guy, those conversations like, Still you crazy, mentioned though. though LeBron and Victor Wembanyama sort of being in the same sentence. Well, good news for us, they're going to be in the same game in our Friday doubleheader. Ooh, Victor taking on the Lakers at 7.30 Eastern, then the Knicks are in Phoenix facing the Suns. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. Uh-oh. Is this the play of the night? I mean, Shaden Sharp, he had the Clippers spinning in circles last night. So we're going to run back the best ankle breakers in NBA history. That's next. We'll be back in 60 seconds. Shout out my guy, Jock. They flatten it out now. They bring Batiste to screen. Sharp draws nice. He goes onto his heels. He's out of control. Sharp's going to go for three. And he snuck it in. Shaden Sharp rocking a baby. Oh, man. Shade and Sharp, man, with the moves. I and mean, shout out to the Blazers for sending over this video, by the way. It feels oh. like after seeing that, I'm sorry, Daniel Tice, but he just, he fell back in like It just slow kept going. Motion. We it just kept going. Down. So we're going to do a little top of the top, top ankle breakers yeah. of all time. And it feels like we need to start with, drum roll please, top disrespect, it's James Harden yep. in 2018. This is still, oh, this looks at him, no. looks at him, licks his lips, he licks his don't do it again. Zoom in on the look, yeah! Yes, it's the look. <laughs> That's got to be that's that's top three all time. I don't yes. know what number two, one and two are. Well, we're going back here. Maybe Ooh. this one to 1995. Isaiah Ryder. Oh, not Jr. <laughs> not the East Bay <laughs> Funk. Hit him with the East Bay Funk. He'll laugh after. at you. And then we have Iverson had to have his whole like separate category. We just have a top <laughs> Iverson for you. We're gonna start start in 2006. Antonio. Oh, oh, the, oh, double. oh the double, oh, the double, the double. Break dancing. <laughs> oh my great! Jack is in back today. Oh, oh, shut up, my God, Jack! Sorry, oh, Jack. No. He stepped on his foot, Jack. I got your back, bro. I got your back, Zach. <laughs> he, did, he, did. he stepped on his foot. foot, to foot we watched it a lot. We watched a it a lot. Foot to foot. All right. <laughs> Top combinations here. We're gonna go Kyrie Irving. This was this was in the Rising Stars game, but it was oh. so good. We we had oh, to include it. Oh, it's the smile afterwards. Yeah. And then look at look at KD oh. loving it. Hey, Andre oh, Jordan dunked on Brandon. Hey, Brandon Knight makes a lot of all-time lists. Shout out my guy, B. Knight. Oh, man. yep, we got to give, we gotta give oh. Kemba his moment. Kemba. Kemba might have had the coldest snapback of any. Ooh. I, I miss Kemba. Oh. That, yeah. Yeah, oh. that was. 
And then, of course, we need to honor the legends doing it in this category. Michael Jordan, we're going to start in, what year is this, 2003? Ooh. Oh, oh that my smooth. goodness. That was, that was he never played for the Wizards. This never happened. No is that D-Wade? <laughs> we're forgetting that. <laughs> a minute. This is 2005. Oh, I don't know. Is that 2000 in standard definition? <laughs> Why does this footage look like it's from 1984? We actually have a bonus for you guys, though. Here's our bonus. Oh, did I get crossover? No, no socks. No, 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 no socks. Can I get the Can I get don't you ever do that again on tape? Lotioned up my ankles when I first got here because it was ashy, but it's dry here in Vegas. It's dry. It's Richard, pretty bad. That's not. That's one of the worst lies I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> what do you mean it's dry? It was dry. It's dry. It's dry. It's that's on my ankles. From ankle breakers to ashy ankles featuring Richard Jefferson. You say you're the best dress on air, you are the ashiest on air. So listen, listen, I've got a gift for you. (laughs) This is my thing. This is my thing. I just don't understand how he does not see that Vegas is dry. It's the desert, Kevin. He doesn't understand that. Is it the that. desert every time you come into studio? Well, no, this is the yeah. this is the because uh, I get why he wait, 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 Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 